0: (laughs) Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business.
1: Welcome to Simple Minds, everybody. Um, Bit of a glitch. We're supposed to go live on this, but uh, technical difficulties. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Welcome, uh, Greg Hyatt. Oh, so thank I you. Bit, I mean, I've got a bit of a bio here, mate. I've actually done some homework on you.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. hey,
0: can, I, can, I, can I check that paper? Do I reckon you're just holding something up.
1: <laughs> yeah. So let me just go through it because it's actually pretty impressive, <laughs> mate. I mean, having, having coached against you and thinking you're the worst crick in the world, bio um, you're, you're, oh, isn't too bad.
2: Mate, I, it's because you got Wikipedia and I drew, like, created my own Wikipedia page. So, you've got to make it good. Yeah, it's all good.
1: That doesn't surprise me, actually. So <laughs> What I've got here, mate, you've played, you've been playing basketball the last 10 years, obviously, um, with the Wildcats for about seven, um, SBL, and then you've just done a, an Australian three-on-three competition. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Um, is that right? Was that, was that the yeah. notes that you put in there?
2: <laughs> yeah. It just got done. So, I retired as it was actually ten years, and I said, "Thank you very much." But um, yeah, I uh, got done with that, and, uh, and then yeah, played for three of three. So you, you can take any Aussie representation as it comes. So one hundred percent, you would mate. no yeah. to you. Now <laughs> the, the the
1: the um the accolades are pretty pretty solid too. Mate, four times uh, NBL champion, yeah. uh, SBL championship. I remember that game. SBL yeah. Grand Final MVP. What that? that was? a twenty twenty game for you, wasn't it? Something massive.
2: Uh thirty one points,
1: twenty nine boards. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. Um, yeah. SBL Most Improved Player, which I didn't realise. Um, played with four clubs: Wanneroo, Perth, obviously the Wildcats in the NBL, Up and currently with the Rockingham Flames in the uh, in the SBL Park season at the moment. Yep. Um, and then 2018 West Australian Youth uh, Youth Award, which of the Year. So pretty special, mate. Um, since retiring from the NBL, you've worked hard um, with a lot of different things, including. Uh, more work with yourself and Ainsley and your family on your charity, um, Stitch and Time, yep. which I believe you're, um, you're, you're leaders in the mental health space in WA and raising money and awareness on youth suicide uh, within the WA community. So, mate, well done so far. Yeah, no, it's been good.
2: It's been a nice little journey, that's for sure. And I think um, my proudest accomplishment is two young kids with a beautiful wife. So I was going to uh, say you're married, that brother,
1: and now <laughs> yes. how are the kids.
2: A uh, little... Little girl is just actually going to uh, celebrate her second birthday on Anzac Day. Yep. Um, we did that strategically for a reason because the second child, you forget about everything. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I was able to get a, a significant day, so I can take care of that. And the little fellas, four in October. So, um, now nah, it's uh, yeah, it's been awesome the last few weeks. Actually, um, enjoy a, lot, a significantly more amount of time with them. Take the positive with the negative.
1: Now, this, uh, this podcast, mate, which is now obviously Facebook streaming and stuff, uh, we have a mm-hmm. drink, and usually we're drinking and sharing from the same bottle, but given the fact that we're in isolation, um, yeah. we're, we're drinking different bo- drinks. So I'm on, on the VBs because I've got a pay cut. So <laughs> the You're on the Colonials. Yeah,
3: I'm on the Colonial. Are you going to bother introducing anyone else, Conrad, or not? Yeah, sure do, do, you remember, do you remember how this
1: works, mate? Well, grab <laughs> a Justin Bourne, Nathan, <laughs> and Greg I. Cheers, anyway. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
3: Conrad's forgotten about us all. He's uh, he's just yeah. too excited. He's you know, fanboy. He, yeah, he's got, oh, got him go going, go. Greg. <laughs> got, a, got a new Richard
0: Wilkins on our hands, mate.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, you, you fanboy, have got a couple uh, of fans in here, though. You do have a couple of fans because there's a couple of paid members sitting there, mate. From the Wildcats, they they love you. Travis used to take photos of you when he was a up and coming frigging young <laughs> uh, photographer. I uh, just like
0: <laughs> just checking, Conrad. Are you, are you a paid member as well? No, I'm not. Oh, you're not. You don't you no. don't pay for your
1: seat. No, my name my name is not on those cards. <laughs> <laughs> just go every week, <laughs> um, mate. I, I I think it's opportunity. I mean, I wanted to get you on for a while, but I guess given the the current Situations going on, and mate, yeah, obviously we've we've coached against you, Travis, and I. Travis played against you. Um, yeah, you know, you you're a clear warrior on a basketball court, um, and kudos to you. Um, we've beaten we've beaten you twice, two seventy five. Is that right, Trev? <track.
4: laughs> you couldn't let the podcast go at least you know twenty minutes before
1: we rub that in. It's taken twenty minutes to get here. What are you talking about? It's <laughs> taken <by second>, thirty. <laughs> so the, the you know there's there's a lot of stuff to, to more from you from a basketball court, mate. But um, as a as a person outside of basketball, and having gotten to know you a bit over the last probably the last few months and the last probably six months. Um, uh, watching what you've done with uh, the Stitch and Time, and particularly your gala bet you do every year, um, yeah. and then paying some closer attention to what you're trying to do with the community, mate. I'm I'm pretty um, pretty curious as to how you're seeing the current situation with the youth, uh, which is really yeah. really important, which is passionate for you, um, and obviously the, the wider community. I mean, what what are you seeing around the place, and and um, and how how do you see things playing out at the moment?
2: Yeah, I mean. Look, at it, I think it's, and I mean, you hear those, that word unprecedented, like every single, um, you know, media conference and it's abnormal and it, and it, it literally is. And, and I mean, I, I remember being, um, you know, for a significant part of my life, whether it was being a sounding board at the Wildcats as a captain, oh, sorry, vice captain, um, should have been captain, bloody demo, but <laughs> now vice captain, <laughs> um, you know, and then, you know, with the organization and even my own family, like being that standing board. And I remember when this all sort of, um, shit hit the fan, like, you know, even my own colleagues and employees, like we had that initial, like first couple of days, like, Oh sweet. We're working at home to that initial reaction. Like, wow, like what's going on and the I- impact that really has on, um, getting that. And I think that's what we saw the first two, three weeks was just not being in a routine and, and even myself, like I, I you know, um, yeah really struggled like um uh, at that beginning stage of like dealing with that and then it, I just felt overwhelmed. I wrote a little a piece on that to I guess my biggest thing is when you're talking about mental health, I think the most important thing is to try and be allow yourself to open up but to be vulnerable um yeah you know, we we try and hold in and men specifically never really open up um, but I think it's like really important right now to you know when you're in isolation as such um one get away from routine like i've already seen it employees don't wear you know they're in pajamas for half the day you know they aren't they're not working nine to five what they're used to um and so that initial hit i think has like shocked a lot of people um but yeah i think the landscape i think the mental health landscape is um yeah it's it's can be really damaging. Um, for one, I think the government and there's a reason, a huge reason, why they're still allowing people to work out um, and boot camps as such, because the importance of physical ex- exercise and what that uh, that connection with mental health I think is massive, and just that connection of being able to just see someone else or you know spend some time outside from their home. So, yeah, I think it's big, um, and obviously we saw. Yeah, significant amounts of funding. I think, which is huge, like telehealth, and which I think is paramount. But unfortunately, I'm also on the side of. Um, I think you know we're going to see the effects of this. And obviously, the economic impact six months. But I think you're going to see the impact on mental health, wellbeing, and and now for 12 to 18 months, um, even in the case of PTSD um, yep. involved with individuals. And um, because yeah, like there's so like when when is anyone in our generation really um, going through something like this, you know, like you hear this, like world war and, you know, great depression and all this sort of stuff. Like we learn about that in through history books, you know, like it was never at, at any point, even a month ago or this, I, I was literally going to go to when this was done, to escalate, I was supposed to travel to Japan for a basketball tournament. And like initially my mother-in-law was like, you're not going. And I was like, I'm going to Japan. It's a free trip to Japan. Um, you know, there's a chance to win some money at the bus tournament and I can go snowboarding straight afterwards. Like <laughs> I'm going. And then like day by day, I was like, okay, maybe I'm not going to go until the point where like the tournament got canceled. And so, yeah, I just think that's crazy. And I don't think anyone ever prepared that. And the other side of mental health and are seeing that right now, we, we speak about the importance of it, but Um, no one places enough priority I don't think from an individual I mean sorry some individuals will but from a business and organization standpoint and what you're seeing so much right now is everyone trying to action stuff hey let's run a program that increases your resilience like let's you know like raise your level of mental health education like for me that was supposed to be done six to twelve months ago so if if something like this ever had occurred you're not um, you're, you're at least not adequate, adequately prepared, but at some point you're at prepared in some way.
1: No, cool. I mean, you, you did raise the, um, the point of vulnerability. I was listening to a piece, I think it was last night, might in, that, that they talked about certainty and routine right now have been replaced by uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. And that's effectively the definition of vulnerability. So those mm. people that can turn the vulnerability into a strength right now, embrace their vulnerability, as you're saying, bud, um, I think that's the key. Um, to to trying to keep themselves connected and and in a, in a greater in a better state of mind, I guess. For sure. And you know, like, in,
2: uh, and I saw a piece by J.K. Rowling, a uh, tweet like last week, which I thought was actually pretty cool. There's two ways about it. There's some people can really thrive in this situation. Um, they're going to find this as an opportunity to grow as an individual. Um, to um, continue developing um, to become educated, learn a new skill, um, whatever it may be. Um, but the other side is, some people are just going to survive, and that's going to be just, the, and that's going to be as uh, adequate and acceptable. Um, and so, you know, you see this like life skill coaches and whatever may not, you know, like they're saying, hey, do this and don't be um, be lazy and and get motivated. But some for some people it might just be. Um getting out of bed and and just doing the normal stuff that they're used to is is just as much as someone learning a new skill or a hobby or um you know developing yeah. a program um and so yeah there's two different ways about it, and I think that 's what we've we 've also got to have is um yeah that understanding that we 're all going to be different in the in this scenario
1: yeah um. What's, what's your take? Have you observed anything amongst
2: the youth that you're involved in? Yeah, and and, and reaching out, but um, it's funny. I, I still think there's that, um, that realisation that this is actually a, a really serious thing. Like I don't think, you know, from the economic sort of side to it and all that, I think that's where we get hit. And that's, I think it's tough. But from a youth sort of sector, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know like obviously that absence of you know sport um hanging out with your friends and and all that sort of stuff but I I, I don't know if it's really hit. like I've I've spoken to a, a number of young kids and and teenagers and adolescents and even people that are involved in the, in the charity organization itself but it's yeah I don't know if it's actually really uh hit home for them yet um in a way like it, the the ramifications have really impacted them directly as such so yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, And even that, like, yeah, you you get that scope where it's like, you know, when you say like, oh, what's impacting? It's like, oh, yeah, I just don't get to to do this or, you know, like in this sort of like, uh, I'm not trying to downplay the significance, but it's sort of trivial stuff where you're like, yeah, there's some other people that are unemployed um, and literally, you know, looking, scraping for every single dollar and and not wanting to waste um, food. And so that whole... Um. Yeah. I, yeah. That's a That's an interesting thing. But yeah. Look. I think this is where the opportunity. I think youth need to have and an adolescence. And I think that's where, say, a state sporting um, association, for example, yeah. basketball WA, is. This is the time where we they never place enough significance on mental health in an adolescent. Like we we hear about it and high schools go. And so, for example, like a basketball club, right. Take any any club like they train twice a week and they you know they do their strength they, they do their strength conditioning in terms of suicides and all those drills or whatever you call it right and then they they do five on five but they spend no time on goal setting leadership effective communication mindfulness meditation anything that really helps the mental side of the game which I think is just as important yeah um and this is the perfect opportunity to do that like start implementing stuff like WA should say Hey, don't worry about, you know, um, doing a 50-minute workout or an hour workout like ball handling and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sure, do that. But, hey, spend an hour exploring um, the self-care technique, you know, like maybe try and implement some yoga technique, try mindfulness, try journaling, you know, try reading, whatever it may be, um, because that will help you out in the long run. And, And in the past, that's never been a priority and never been, of significance and i think that that's the opportunity time to 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 do it now but i don't think an adolescent or a a teenager is going to say hey you know what i'm going to download uh the headspace app and i'm going to do mindfulness training for 10 minutes every day like it needs um a peer a mentor uh, a parent you know someone to 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 help to, to instruct that
1: agreed Gentlemen, you guys uh, you guys got uh, any questions you want to fire at Gregor in relation to the areas that we're talking about? I mean, I want to get back to talking to you at some stage about how you've pivoted your business, but I'll leave that to the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, it's a Thanks, comment.
0: Maddie. Your comment you uh well you know I just wanted to make sure you you allowed me the space to to jump in there Conrad so appreciate you hosting and thank you for welcoming me to the show and uh so Greg it's great to have you here um and one thing i picked up from that conversation which i hadn't really given a lot of thought to um be- before this was was ptsd and um i so that's one one element that i hadn't really yeah. considered much and um, I realize, yeah, like a lot of businesses lost their, a lot of own, own business owners lost their business in 24 hours, uh, more or less yep, yep. some, some will be two weeks. Some still mm. haven't lost them yet. I mean, there's a lot of continual change, same with, um, jobs, same with even part-time careers and also I've got a, I've got three kids, so I, I have actually seen a lot of, uh, that adjustment that's happened through mm. having three kids, eight, eight and down. So mm. the PTSD is, is, was one that, yeah, never really thought of that, that form of um, trauma. And and clearly there's a lot of yep. people that will struggle with that. And uh, the mental health thing is, is it's, it's so crazy. And as you say, it, it is unprecedented to that, to that level. We don't know what it's going to look like as a, as a global impact of this sort of, and even sure. if you're just talking Perth, like the, the, the population, suffering as we are um being sort of contained to an extent and I, i'm fortunate to live fairly close to to the river and i mean the the traffic on there is about 10x watts on any road right mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's, it's yeah. really good to see that a lot of people are doing it but like you say a lot of people haven't got those habits built into their routines and it's pretty scary that um, people can and are turning to a lot more alcohol consumption, and and other things uh, to try and get by. And the longer it goes, um, it, it's it's pretty scary because you know that they, there are people, there are workforce, there are families, there are relatives. They're all you know, and all these people are so important in our community. Um, and and if we're talking about, I, I think it's probably largely the adults that will deal with that PTSD. But yeah. the, the children are, have had a slow burn, and it's um. Um, I've seen adjustments in my kids and then certainly struggling being at home yeah. every day and what that's looked like already. And I think yes, as this starts yeah. to endure, it's really interesting. I mean, how do you, how do you start to combat that? Um, and in particular, I, I very selfishly ask, I mean, I've got, I've got, a, we've got an eight month old and, and a five yeah. and eight year old. What do you, what are yeah. you seeing in your experience that we can do with kids at that age to try and help them through this process?
1: It's just before you answer, Greg, that, that's the longest question on Simple Minds history, by the way. Well done, Matty. Mate, it's not even close. <laughs> there
0: you
4: go, Conrad. You got your little stab in. <laughs> yeah, he had to get that in. but um, <laughs> yeah, what done Jen- <laughs> letting him finish, though. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> no, that, was, you, that was big. That was
0: yeah, big for you, Conrad. He, that, that might be all I get in this, this episode, uh, Greg, <laughs> um, until I mute him. So he's, you know, <laughs> that's why you yeah, have to yeah. host the show, because you can press mute. <laughs>
2: Um, no, and look, I think the biggest thing and, and what I try and uh, talk about, I think the biggest thing is getting back to a routine um, and that's as tough as that may be an adjustment that that um, as hard as that could be is is even like setting that up. Like, you know, if, if kids go to school, you know, like actually setting up a, a, a desk, a room, that's like they're at a school, like they're sitting there and they have that, hey, look, it's you're being there from from eight to 11 and you've got your lunch break from 11 to 12. And and I think that's even from, I think there's that communication along the lines of, you know, the um, wives and husbands or wife, wife, husband, husband, whatever it may be. But um, in that regard, is having that, those open lines of communication to go, yep, look, um, this is like, yeah, I'm working from home and it's completely different, um, but I need to still be working, you know, and like you need to adjust. Um, and getting back that routine so it's even like if you work out and you go to the gym every single day find that Um, that's what I felt like and I mean even from a personal um, setting like I mean when I got to that point where uh, yeah like I felt overwhelmed and and literally was like crying in front of my computer um, like looking at emails being like what am I going to do like obviously I've just I've like significantly lost I'll be honest like $50,000 like in a space of you know three days and going like what the hell you know like and sort of then going cool all right like gonna have to adjust and do things and i was like what am i and, but the thing was is i stopped like living the life that i was accustomed to and that was you know waking out at, every morning at five thirty, and then doing yoga and then doing some meditation like because like, i was you know getting at home and i was doing all that sort of stuff um so that was like really important to then go back into um, yeah, like talk to my wife and say, Hey, look, I know this isn't gonna be so, you know, from five thirty to eight thirty, that's my me time and let me work out and then then it's the kids, like um eight, and lucky enough I've got a workplace that says, sure, like yeah, yeah, okay. Or maybe you're on call and I say for hey, if I need to if there's an emergency, give me a call, but I'm not gonna be on our face, you know, like our, our group chats. Um, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And then I work late at night, like when the kids go down, I do an extra couple of hours to to, to do that. Um but I think that I think getting back to that normality is huge and then as well I think the whole connection even though you're all isolated you can still connect in a way just like we are right now and you're obviously seeing house parties and all this sort of stuff and there's interesting ways and I think you need to explore that um, uh, like for me trauma is suffered by an individual but recovery is endured by a whole community like everyone you need support and a network to be able to um, yeah, like recover from that trauma, and then that's what we're what we're really going through right now, especially in this sort of grieving pro- process initially. And again, like the one thing as well is like remove yourself from things that aren't good. You know, like we are constantly wired right now, whether that's social media or the TV. Like you turn it on, uh, the reason why COVID nineteen wasn't wasn't the front of the paper was because of someone else this week, right? And but generally it's, it's flashed in front of our eyes every single moment of the day. So you literally, yeah, remove it. Like even, you know, sleep such an integral thing. Um, you know, like at seven thirty, switch off your phone as hard as that is. If you can't do it yourself, download an app but you can't get on social media, you know? And yeah, there's a lot of, a, a lot of tools. Um, I mean, we put up on our webpage like a sort of an e-learning platform. People can learn self care techniques in a basic introductory way. Um, so go there's a plug for you. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I think it's it's important right now to, you know, when you're talking about how to better your well-being and how to develop your own emotional toolkit, this is the perfect time. And um, I always say this, you know, irrespective of if this didn't happen in the past, we spend time, effort, and money into our own physical health, right? Like every single person does. And the reason why they want to do it is because they want to live longer. Um, and for a professional athlete, they may spend, three to four hours a day working obviously on the, the skills required to play their respective sports, but they want to be in, in the best possible nick um, to be able to play at a high level come that weekend or whenever they play that game. But like what I learned in my career was that you need to spend, well, in essence really the same time after or money into your own mental health because if you're feeling crap and you, you're anxious or you're not confident I could have looked the best I ever done and shot the ball really well during the training, but come Friday night, if I didn't have everything going well upstairs, like I was never going to perform and that's, and, and I knew that, like, and I, I learned that later in my career, like there were times I was like, you know, and, but when I wasn't feeling confident in my own abilities, yeah, irrespective of how I was feeling and, and had no injuries, I wasn't playing well. So I think this is the perfect time to look at the front and go, yeah, I'm going to, um, yeah, at least learn a little bit more on how your, mental health is, is actually important and actually do some stuff for it. Yeah. Hey, um, longest question of the longest answer.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> you yeah. like, we did well there. <laughs> yeah. Except for the really, really quickest part was when you said the URL, but you,
4: it's okay. You know, yeah. think about it. We're here to talk that, about so. it. Straight up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't hey, um, put net at the end. That, that goes into a embroidery <laughs> website. <laughs> put your name on there for like half an hour.
3: I know i done a batch order Um, I I mean it was good that you uh, went through that you answered half of my questions as well so it was really good but um, no look I just wanted to first off say thanks um, you know I guess for coming on and sharing your time with us and um, I also think um, putting yourself out there uh, and and exposing your armour and being vulnerable uh, is showing great leadership in that you know, people who have achieved uh, great things, or uh, you know, you, you know, people look up to, particularly in sport and other bits and pieces. Um, like as you said, I think sometimes we just need to be shown what that looks like to then go, oh, okay, well that's what I can do. So that's, um, you know, thank you for 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 doing that because um, you know, I think even in the business landscape, you know, I run my own business. So I think it can still be perceived as like if you were to post on LinkedIn how you're really. Feeling around the mental roller coaster that it has been um, for the last few weeks, you know, it can still be perceived as like, oh yeah, you're not tough, and and uh, mm, you know, sure. uh, you know, you should should just get through it, which is kind of one thing I'm curious about. You shared a few tools and kind of techniques and stuff um, in the last response to the longest answer to the longest question, but um, I'm curious about. I got, I got to. Um, things I'm curious about. Um, the first off is in a lot of your posts, and through the stitch and time, and even the letter to your younger self, you talk about resilience a lot, and that mm-hmm. seems to be a uh, a really core value of yours, and something that um, you really want to instill uh, into younger uh, people. Mm-hmm. And so, res- you know, and I think that's great because I'm only a couple of years younger than you same same generation never experienced anything like this um you know even the 2008 crash I was still in high school so i didn't even really you don't yeah, even really yeah. notice it right so yeah, yeah. um resilience is is quite important and we've had such good boom times over i guess for a lot of our generation but the other part of the resilience which is kind of the other question is like you, let's say you do all those tools you get your routine back what would you say to people that to still like stay motivated? Cause like there's one thing, um, for me, for example, is like I know all the tools, but sometimes I just don't do them cause I can't be bothered. And I know my headspace mm-hmm. is not there and generally it's a lack of motivation. And so in these times, there's a lot of uncertainty. Like, as you said, you lost $50,000. I have had a lot of clients or projects delayed or pulled as well. And, um, yeah. you know, things just the, the, People who, uh, as an assumption uh, assumptive nature here, who succeed or like to achieve, they know what they're going after, right? So, you like with yeah, your championships, yeah. you would know what you're aiming for, what you're working towards. Then, within a span of a week, what you're working towards may almost feel unattainable. So, the two parts is like, how are you staying motivated to keep pushing through? And then. Yeah how does that lead and what does that mean about like uh, resilience or do you think that they're, are they tied in any way? So yeah. How are you staying motivated Um, and why is resilience important?
2: Yeah. I mean, look, and you would have heard like, I'm sure, and obviously you guys are all successful when you hear like growth mindset. And for me, a huge part of me, and I guess the vision of a stitch in time and um, is the purpose of, like assisting other people individually in communities and whatever it be. And we obviously impact a lot in um, indigenous communities up in, in Derby and the Kimberley, the Pilbara, just um, individuals that are unfortunately disadvantaged in a way in terms of their opportunities that they're given. But to bring it all back. Like for me, it's that benefit mindset as well. Like for me, that's my motivation is knowing that um, the actions that I am doing right now um, are directly impacting other people, um, whether that's um, colleagues, employees, uh, people that are involved in the organization with or a time, my own family, or friends, or peers. Um, and so that's been my, I guess, huge motivation in that regard. Um, and the other stuff going in that regard, and it sort of, and I always have this, is everyone, and you would. I'm sure if everyone's heard, I would imagine everyone said that is to try and find your why. And it seems really tokenistic and really simple. Um, But I found it really powerful. And the reason why I always love to connect real life experience with like, um, in that context. And so like you can hear all that. And even like you you go on Instagram and you'll hear like um, motivational speeches and those YouTube videos and you're like, oh yeah, like that's awesome. And you know, like, and even like, I, to take it all back, and you know, like that guy that speaks up and he's like, You know, if you don't, um, if you value sleep more than you value like hard work, I'm like, I value sleep way more than I value hard work, like, it's really important. But what I'm trying to say that is like, well, there's a real life experience that I had with why, and that directly impacted the NBA World championship and uh, me retiring an NBA champion. And so, at the start of the last season we were lacking something in the team, whether it was an identity or whatever. And we wrote, we asked every single guy after we got absolutely pants by Utah by like 65 points. And um, I went to the group then and said like, um, hey, can everyone do me a favor and just write what your why is? And everyone said, what do you mean? I said, what is the reason why we're here? Like, what's the reason you rock up to the gym at 6.30? What's the reason like... Um, you know, tomorrow after we won by six, like we lost by six to Utah that we, we're going to absolutely bust our ass. Like, what is that? What's your why? And um, there's no right or wrong answer. Like, but what is the reason why? Like, and um, if it's fine, financially driven, fantastic. If it's family, cool. If it's to get another contract, awesome. It's just to, to win a championship first time. That's, that's really good. And we, we wrote that down and we put it in a, in a, you know, tin or whatever. And, um, every single person just got, um, like wrote it down. And it was sort of, was like a really good ticker. Like, um, we've always had little motivations throughout my career, but we sort of was like at that moment was going, like, if you were struggling or we had lost a few games or there's a really tough training session, you could like, just say to someone like, Hey, remember your why? And it was a really quick, like, just snap. Like, yeah, okay. Like shit. There was that moment there at the end of the season. We, uh, sorry, at the end of the regular season. And we sat in a, um, yeah, like in a, in the middle, just outside the Perth Arena and we literally, um, and like Trev, um, the coach was like, how do you want this to go? And I was like, look, I think you start off with your why um, and then just see what happens. Like, if they don't want to read it, that's fine. Like, we don't we don't need it. It's not like this Kumbaya thing where we need them, but like, yeah, it's up to them. Like, And um, anyway, Trev said his bit and like, it was... Unbelievable! Like, he literally talked about, No, I mentioned mention it here, because, yeah, it was in a sanctum sort of stuff, and stuff that, like, he, again, showed his vulnerability, and I was just like, far out. Maybe that's why he is who he is, you know? Like, and it sort of got that understanding, but, again, like, that was his motivation, and, and every single person got it, and we obviously won that championship. It wasn't the reason why we won the championship. We were bloody stacked. Like, we were unreal, and we had a really good culture that's been built over a number of years, but for me, that's been what I left with. Like once I had finally defined like why I I fell in love with the game and why I continue to do what I do and that's now. Like as I transition to that next phase of my life, that's what it is, right? And so that's my motivation now like every single day like when I'm thinking why why am I getting up, why am I writing emails constantly, what is it, you know? And I think once you find that out, it's that much more easier when you're lacking a little bit of motivation and you go, Oh, I'm just not feeling it, you know, and it's like sometimes you do it, but then there's those days you're like, Hey, that, that's it. What, what um, do you,
3: um, so you do a lot of work with obviously, you know, youth and, um, all of yeah. that. And yeah, you know, we've talked about why, um, quite a lot. I mean, yeah. What do you, what do you say to the younger guys and gals, uh, around this? Cause like a common thing, like, like to be honest, um, you know, a few people or the guys here and a few people in my area is like, I've been struggling a little bit with why over the last maybe week or so, because I guess, um, your why is extremely tested in times like this Mm. because everything's stripped away from you. Um, so you've really got to stress test your, your why and it's showing up for you to really connect with that. And that's something I'm going through at the moment. But, um, and I've done a lot of, you know, work around that and I'm on that path and that's fine. But I know a lot of people, you know, like I got my little brother as an example. Uh, he's sure. eight years, my junior, you know, early twenties. And they just kind of like get caught up on, I don't know my purpose or my why. And they just float around and they don't know what they're doing. And, um, and I would, and it seems to be a common thing. So like through the work that you do, what do you say to people and the the young
2: guys and girls? Everyone wants instant like satisfaction and, and like gratification, right? Like even in this world, like we, everything that we do, like we want, you put on a, a, a social media post on Instagram and you initially re- refresh and s- to look at how many likes you've got. And then 20 minutes later, you go back into the photo. I mean, and you try and see how much you got. And I think, like, for me, I, like, I embrace the journey. Like, I love this. And so, like, it's trying to find out, like, that individual. And I know it's tough. And, like, as, and even that's things, like, have some perspective, like, um, you know, like a, a like, okay, like if he wants to share his why and then, and then go like, what do, you, what, what do you want to see the next six months to be? You know, like, um, and how does that go? I, like, I think in this time is like the perfect time for say mentoring, you know, like um, to, to go seek out someone, and seek out some guidance um, because you know what the beauty of it? Initially, when you are worried about asking for someone to be mentored, like you obviously worry if they say no and usually like, oh, I'm very busy. Like right now, I think like as much as everyone is busy, like this is the perfect time to to develop that, like to have that, to have open those lines of communication. And I think that's the biggest thing is to go, cool, like let me help you out, you know, and 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 then to like work with them in a real life. Hey, what does the, the next six months like? What do you want to achieve, you know? Like whether if someone wants to, yeah, develop something or to get a certification, and it is like, I think there is still so much uncertainty right now. Like, and some people are floating. Like, and um, as I said before, like. Um, some people right now are thriving we're seeing that businesses are thriving they're looking at new opportunities where they can you know still can go to customers or uh, reach out their brand and then there's others and I think there's even going to be a massive fall off in the next two three four months where um, companies have implemented these amazing initiatives right now which I still don't think are sustainable like you know we we joked around beforehand like you can't buy a webcam you know like um, all this sort of stuff but there's going to be a point of time where like two, three, four months where businesses and organizations, individuals, like, I, I don't even know if it's worth it. Like, you know, the amount of work that we're doing and I'm not getting that, I guess, instant gratification or satisfaction. And I think people need to take a step back, be in the present moment and go evaluate and go, Hey, like right now stuff's changing daily. You know, like you, you hear that there's a finance, you know, like a financial benefit coming through or oh know there's a restriction in place and then just go from the overarching like, what do I personally want to achieve in six months? Like, am I happy to be on this constant pathway that I am right now? Um, but I think the biggest thing is like, if anyone's like goes takeaways, hey, in six months' time, I know I've got better tools and how I can improve my my well-being, and that's yeah. I think like you know, try yoga, like try meditation, like try journaling, try mindfulness, like try goal setting. You know, like try new physical activity, like stuff that you can. Every single person, because if you get out, like, in six months, if it's financially driven, well, then look at that. And then look at the other side, mentoring. Like, for me, that's something that I always try and touch on is the most powerful tool that's ever been in my life. Like, from professional mentors in the a- athletic sense, or business mentors, um, or, or real-life mentors, you know. And, um, yeah, I think, like, and I don't think anyone at this current climate would say, oh, no, nah, I prefer not to help you out. Right. Everyone's so we are, we're rallying around each other. I think, and that's what we need to embrace yeah. a little bit as that human connection. Cause I think people will be willing to help out and provide a little bit of insight. And I think you can always take away from, from again, shared experiences that much more powerful, especially yeah. when you've got a human connection, you know, someone,
3: that's great advice and I really loved, um, what I took out of that was, you know, just the light switch.
1: they agreed. That's yeah, what I'm trying, the mate. I'm trying. I'm not... <laughs> there, a... we, there we go. Oh, we really? can see yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I just stole my joke. Yeah. I was going to offer him to pay his power bill.
2: <laughs> 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 so it's $50,000. Yeah, awesome. From the shadow, to, from the shadow <laughs> no, of the in, light. I'm at
3: my brother-in-law's house. And so I just didn't know where, yeah. love it. Um, well on that, you know, I was just going to say what I took away from that was just start small and you can start with turning the light on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, uh, now look, you know, I think that's really helpful of just like, uh, what I heard from that was like, yeah, just pick something, one thing, um, that's small and then just go for that. And then, uh, you know, I guess when you, you know, then go to the next and don't get too caught up on trying to find your life's purpose. Just kind of do that and, and seek out mentorships. Great. And a great reminder for myself as well. So, um, cause mentorships played a big part for me too. And, um, sure. the prox- the proximity, you know, I have is, um, I'm very grateful for. So, yeah. And everyone I think is, a, is feeling, uh, very, Compassionate to, to give up some time for the most part, so it's really sure. good for sure.
4: Yeah. Was- Gregor, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you going to
2: say that too. <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: I was gonna make a joke about the power, but they beat me to it, so I'll, I'll move straight on. To my more I think alike. <laughs> you can't put Conrad and I into that same boat, It won't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> won't allow you. Um, Gregor. Step us through a little bit of your mental health journey, um, you yeah. know, yeah, from growing up to a teenager, going through. I know you had a very um, public um, display of, I guess, mental health um, with the Wildcats. I think maybe sixteen, seventeen. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
4: Um, yeah. And also, uh, the thing that jumped out to me the most about your letter to your younger self was the. Um, well, I can't. I guess the main theme of it for me was about the online trolling and the yeah yeah um, yeah how you know like you can um, you can have a, a thousand positive comments, but those ten comments you know, can have the biggest impact. So yeah, step us through a bit of your journey for if anyone doesn't know, and then also um, touch on I guess that online trolling stuff.
3: Great minds yeah. don't think alike. Cause, uh, Hey, <laughs> that was the exact thing I pulled out of uh, the letter to the younger self as well. So yeah, it
4: yeah. really jumped out. to I me. Mean, maybe some tools for, you know, either parents that can use with their kids or, um, you know, kids that are listening.
2: Yeah. I mean, so my own, like, I mean, I had really, um, my upbringing was sort of kind of unique and sort of obviously taught me a, a lot of valuable lessons and mentoring was actually the one that sort of changed my life. Like, um, as, a 16 year old kid, like I grew up prior to that, like, um, single mom, um, with, uh, like men, uh, my brother and I sort of living in that and domestic violence was, was quite uh, prevalent in our sort of life and that sort of nature. And, um, I was the same height as I am now as I was a 15, 16 year old kid. So I'd go out with my brother to nightclubs and, you know, drugs and alcohol and, um, antisocial behavior. Um, so I always say it's like, it's sort of obviously stuff that I'm not proud of, but I acknowledge it's, it's shaped me as I am. I can, I can truly say that. Like if I go into, um, you know, I've, I'm, I've done workshops at Banksy Hill. I mean, Banksy here and, you know, like sort of say like, you know, I grew up in a KGB and sort of all that sort of um, jazz. And so in a way, like, um, yeah, it had a really um, like, yeah, tumultuous sort of upbringing. Um, and the only reason is um, I literally was fortunate enough, like, obviously added a little bit of talent and basketball. Ben Ettridge was actually a high school uh, teacher and um, basically, yeah, tapped me on the shoulder one time was like, "Mate, if you, what do you want to do with your life? And like, Oh, I want to be a professional athlete. I was like, there's no way you're going to be able to do that. And literally from that day dot, like, um, you know, I was sleeping at ovals and doing all that sort of stuff. And the following week was like at the gym at Woodville senior high at 6am and working out and doing all that sort of stuff. And so that was my first, sort of impact and, um, yeah, mentoring and it's huge. And so, yeah, came back, obviously was part of the Wildcats um, and, yeah, made my way. And I think, yeah, that, that moment you're talking about, it's tough. Like I'm, when I first became a part of the Wildcats program, like I was a development player, no one really expected me to do any anything. Like I was underdog and, you know, like the only time as a development player, I mean, I look at it now and I talk about people, like you could talk about the, 99 players are in the league right now and how many of them are development players it's maybe a handful and you and you couldn't they're not household names like Reece Vegas obviously the one with Wildcats but Sean Bruce but guys that really made made their way from development player. Chris Goulding's another one but he sort of was from an actual player pathway it's not really been a legitimate pathway and so even that um, you know I thought when I was going to come back from college I was going to get a gig because wasn't and I was happy enough to bide my time and like my highlight was just yeah, obviously training, but to be in a warm up and just to be running out on that court, and so, so with that though, like with social media and obviously just being caught up in it, and um, you know, like anything, like um, if you had a good game, like I, I got on at the end of the game where it's a blowout, so there's no real expectations, and you can just shoot a shot that really, who cares? Like if you missed it, nothing really cares. If you made it, you seem like a hero, and so that sort of followed through. Like I obviously, I got a contract the next year. Um, on the back of a really good SBO year, and I had a really good. I had no expectations. Um, not from a coaching standpoint, like from Bevo, like obviously gave a lot. He gives a lot of guys confidence, but then like on the other side, like from the fans, like and so I really didn't have any bad, bad games, and if I did, it was really like I mean I was only playing odd minutes, and so if I came in, I remember like I was always just a spark plug, so I'd come in um where we needed a boost, and so literally I had that um mindset I had nothing to lose like I'd come in and just you know shoot a shot who cares and so it was fine like again social media praise is really really good but as my role grew the Wildcats the expectations grew like obviously with myself but with fans so once you started having games where yeah you weren't impactful you didn't have a good game and Yeah, like, and I obviously, from the first three, four years we are on social media, I would never see bad things said about me and it was like, hey, Greg's a a future, you know, star and all this sort of stuff to then, you know, Greg should, you know, like, um, you know, my two-year-old daughter is better than, not saying girls are better than guys, but, you know, like this sort of stuff and then actually then getting really personal and um, that, and it it consumed me, like, unfortunately, to a point where it was, like, it was damaging for my own, uh, mental health and I remember this like vivid um, and the, the crazy thing and you know you always hear that as a professional I mean as a, as a basketball player right you if you do something you're like oh, I lost the game and they're like nah nah it was never you like there's a million possessions and I literally knew I lost the game like I got subbed in with a minute um, had two free throws missed both of them um, had a bad rotation and then the last possession I came off help side and a guy hit a free and they won and I was like I could have not had a worse minute like in like my life. And um so I got in and I literally was in the ice bath and god, like I was just scrolling down and it was just like constant like abuse and hate and and stuff and the team wasn't playing well at the time too, so I was sort of seen as that scapegoat and yeah, it was going absolutely bonkers and I yeah, I remember that i like it was didn't get any sleep, like um we we traveled out the next day like uh, to Illawarra and I remember getting to the airport like two hours before everyone. I was just wanted to get out get out and I had no sleep. And I remember just sitting there and Trev ended up just like patting me on the shoulder and said, oh mate, good thing is we've got a game to turn around the next day and ended up having like the best game of I'd say my career. Like we, I think I had a double-double and limited minutes and I ended up just like throwing my phone away and, and in the past I used to obviously go and be like my own praise to feel good about you You obviously want to feel good about self like it's a good thing right and um i just stopped and that was that massive career um i changed like was after every game irrespective of i had a really good game or a really crap game i just didn't look at social media for at least 48 hours so i knew my social media feed wouldn't be have that activity um but it's unfortunate i think it's the evolution i think of a of a human is we search out negative than the positive like it's there it's like I look at it as a, as a, a guy um, back in the day, a caveman walks outside of his cave and he sees a rainbow. He doesn't spend too much time looking at the rainbow because he's worried like a saber toothed tiger is behind him, wanting to kill him. Like you always focus on the negative because you've got to live, like, you know, and that sort of stuff. And unfortunately, we do that now. Like we, we go, and that's why I practice gratitude daily because like, I search out the positive. Um. Even though when my day is going so bad and there might not really be going on and they're negative, it's just that moment um in time where I can actually search out that positive and I guess rewire my brain and that's been pretty pretty big. Social media is not unfortunately, like I think it's something that you can't escape. Like from from guidance to parents, like you know, like I always say this. And now that I've retired, I, I I I actually engage with it a lot more. And my wife hates it. Like I remember when the Wildcats were um like. Going for his patch where they were losing games, I remember Mitch and was copping it, and um you know they were just like talking shit about him, and I just sort of was like had a you know like sort of bit back in a way and i, I like with my wife was like why do't I just said, oh look I know the guys don't want defending they don't need that defending, but I said like it gets to a point where I know um it's not Mitch that's looking at that it's Mitch's mum, you know, and it's mitch's wife and and they're the ones that um, you love to protect as an individual, but you can't, and you can't say, "Hey, get off it!" Like it's easy as that, because as professional athletes, we know it's our business. It, it's part of the past. of it. We know people say buy memberships and all that sort of stuff, but um, yeah, you can't remove themselves, and you can't say, "Oh, look, don't read the newspaper," because you can't. Like my my mum, like on my last year of, of retiring. Um, literally, I remember she read the newspaper article and it was talking about players being sacked. And, and then two days later, sent me a, a, like a job um, advertisement. I was like, oh, I think this is, would, be, yeah, it would, be good, <laughs> would be good for you. And I was like, what you, what's this for? Was like, oh, I, I, it says you're getting fired. And I was like, no, 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 it's a rumor. Um, but yeah, like, and you can't. And I've been at the shops and they say like, you know, like people that I, like, I check out and I'm like, they're about to say something here and they're like you didn't have a good game last week And i'm like thanks like um you you can't you obviously have to be be thick skinned but you know i always look at it's funny but you say that it's like i always look at it now as like with kids and i go i remember like reading tweets that i sent out when i was like an 18 or 21 year old kid and you always hear that like you want to never want something to be that you do to be on the front page of a newspaper so that your parents look at it and they want to be proud but i look at some tweets as an 18 and 21, I'm like, yeah, like I, I talk crap about athletes um, and some of those athletes are now my mates and I'm like obviously (laughs) deleting, deleting them, you know, like deleting those tweets straight away. But like, you know, embarrassing, you obviously don't have that perspective as a, as an adolescent. Um, But I always now look at it as like, as a parent, like, would you be proud to say that knowing if, If that was your daughter or son in the same position that they're being attacked like that, like, would you be happy if someone did that? Or your friend, you know, was attacking your own son and daughter in the same way. Like so really have that. And there's a human behind all that. And obviously mental health stuff now, like you hear that, like Jesse Hogan comes out and says, Oh, you know, his, his management says he's struggling with a mental health condition. And the first thing they say is he's on drugs, you know, and, um, that stigma, like there's like, why would he want to come out? Why would he, you know, anyway, like, irrespective of if he has a drug condition or I don't know that, but if he actually, you know, and he does that as a mental health condition, I know that from his management, like what, that why would anyone want to come out and do that? They may as well just say I'm suffering from an injury, you know, like I'm, I got a sore ankle, you know, or, you know, and that's, and, and that's unfortunate and that's social media. And you, t- you look at the negative of social media that, you know, we would have talked about for 12 months is now the blessing because it gives us like communication tools that we've never had in the past. You've never seen the accessibility I would have never thought in my life I would have seen Nick Nanui interview Pete Murray. Like, how did that work out? I'm not sure. Yeah, I saw that. That was crazy. But, but, but it worked. And that's what it's doing right now. Um, and it does. It gives a platform. You want that reach. You want athletes. But, yeah, it's tough. Um, and you get that accessibility. And there's so many tools that are, like, I look at it and that's the thing. And that was the one thing I did was like turn off social. Just like what COVID-19 where it becomes overwhelming, like get off your phone, you know, and, as a professional athlete, when I knew it was becoming too much, and that's why, I like, come playoff times or, you know, that stage there where we were losing games when I was sitting in the bottom of the ladder. like, I deleted those apps off my phone because like, I just knew it wasn't going to be good for me. And I knew I didn't have that self-control even to say, oh, "I know it's not good enough for me. I'll, like, click on it. Like, I actually had to completely restrict myself. Um, and so that's what I did, like, even with once my last couple of years, like, I'd make sure that, that those apps and, my, and the front page of my phone uh I literally, and I could, I might go but it, is literally my mail, my messages and a photo of my kids and my wife, you know, and it's changed now. It's the photo that when I walk down the court with them, because every single time I turn on my phone, I'm going to be happy to see him. Um, so Exactly right. Yeah. And it's those things that you, yeah, like um, are important. Um, if I need to swipe, then like, yeah, I just sometimes I'm like, oh, do I even really need to do it? So, um, it's the, the, the I use those apps straight away that I I need, um, and that's that's things and and even there's some good apps now that even like re- realistically like lock you f- like that app at yeah. seven thirty if you need to and all that. So
4: I think those yeah. um perspective and gratitude pieces are so powerful, and I know we harp on them about them a lot, but um yeah, in terms of uh. You know, especially helping kids out because that's obviously a major part of trolling. I know professional athletes. Look at Kevin Durant. You know, he's got burnout.
2: Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. So it affects people at all different levels. Um, I just want to take you back to 2016-2018 SBL semifinals. Um, how did you feel losing to those two teams that eventually... Did you have to, you know, eventually won the championship? Did you, did you um, have to shut yourself in a room for a week or how did you, how'd you work through that? I just just want to know. Um 2018 <laughs> would have actually been
2: yeah cuz was that I actually thought
4: <laughs> that was a like talks yeah rather than Coburn
2: <laughs> um yeah, definitely. Uh, and, then, and then you guys absolutely <laughs> smashed walls. So, like, I was like – and I thought that was, like, the best time for – and we actually had, like, a dream run. And yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, even, like, we got to win game one and Holman goes down and you're thinking, oh, I'm, like, the guys, Matts, I think, part of the reason why we lost games two and three because they were like, we're going to the final. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and 16 – like, I don't – yeah, I'm not even sure about that. year. <laughs> what, Cougars? <laughs> Wasn't I been playing sixteen? No, you weren't
1: playing, but we still beat we still beat one of yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I was injured.
2: The only grand final I've ever played in, I've won. Yeah, fifteen, so, hey, you won a fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm sorry. I think it's the only time I torched up Benny Purse, actually. So I'll. Uh,
1: mate, watching up. watching you and Benny play is actually part of part of some of the funnest of the most memorable moments I've had on a basketball court. mate, watching you guys, <laughs>
2: against each other. he's the most annoying because the guy. <laughs> and he might hate this, but he should have been playing footy because he would have been earning a million dollars. His motor <laughs> is unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable. It's crazy. Um, huh?
2: And like, and that's the thing. Here. And and it depends on, I mean, I'm obviously a physical guy, but he's strong as an ox. Like, and I remember it's like, um, like, and if he had a shot, he would have, you know, like if he could shoot it at a, like a respectable, <laughs> I'll say that though. Like if he, if he shot it, he would have been a bona fide NBL guy. Like, give him Gavin Field shot, like, because yeah. his, his demeanor and his attitude is, like, unbelievable. But as yeah. as we've seen the games evolve, like, I'm not a good shooter. I'm not saying that at all, but I at least could shoot at 35% over my NBL career, for, which was enough, you know. And, um, yeah, like, and he had that. Like, at, at the NBL, that's the next level. He would have these training sessions where he'd have these moments and you're like, yeah, he is an NBL guy, but then you get to that next level where... Um, you, we we saw that with like teams now like they'll say hey go shoot you know that's what they did with Damien Martin you know yeah. like this year in the nbl and and that would have and that's what would have happened with him and um but yeah like i mean he's an unbelievable you know like if you're talking about building a club around like guys and even just that like yeah like um i mean look at what he's done to perry lakes and, and all that and it's one of the ones things like when you look at every single week and you look at your matchup and I look at some guys I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna have a good week this this week. Like that those guys in my positions aren't um well one, like they're not that physical, but like with Benny or like if it's on the back end of a doubleheader like <laughs> I'm gonna to have to have a few glasses of red when I Get home because he <laughs> he he definitely throws his weight around as he should. But um, hey, try going against going. him every training session. Oh no, yeah. And I imagine that's the thing. Like I imagine he goes just as hard at training as he does at
4: games. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, um, I'm three three yeah. inches shorter than him and always <laughs> played on him. But I know. I know you're feeling. I know. Your, yeah, yeah. I know your pain. Hey, so. hey gentlemen. Yeah.
1: Um, I know we could probably chat for a few more hours, and uh, unfortunately, I've got a, a hungry mum to go and feed. Like I said at the start. <laughs> um, <laughs> Greg, thanks for your time. I just want to—I want to put two not things out there. I'm not sure whether—I'm yep. sure some of the guys have read this book. Um, I'm not sure whether you have, but the book by Viktor Frankl uh, called *Man's Search for Meaning*. No, nah, nah, well, me. well worth the read, mate. But there's well no. Worth it, a, read. There's a. Um, I watched a video last night which reminded me of one of the, well, what they call the the most famous line of the book. But this book was written seven days after Victor got out of the Ouch, which, or have you say it, the concentration camps. Wr- written in seven days. Yeah. One, of, yeah, one of the best yeah. books you'll ever read. And they the most famous line of this book is that um, everything can be taken from a person except for one thing. And that's the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And I think that's exactly what you've. Pretty much said in three thousand words or less.
2: <laughs> um <laughs> should have said that at the start
1: of the show, mate. Have and, and you and you'd be
2: having dinner with your mum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, I, I appreciate your time, mate. And I think, like I said, it's um it's good to get you on here, great to to have a bit of banter in in these isolation moments. Um, through our greatest growth comes uh, comes uh, well, our greatest growth comes from our darkest times. So. I guess that's that's the challenge for people to find what they want to do post all of this stuff and start, start doing some stuff.
3: Give us a bit of a run through of what you've done with a stitch in time recently of kind of going online and I believe it's free. So just for anyone who's kind of listening and um, like what yeah. we've talked about today, how yeah. do you take, like, how does that relate to what you've just launched and yeah, run us through um, that a little bit.
2: Yeah. So, I mean um, like a stitch in time, like my charity was founded in 2014 and so like, um, it, I never really like obviously had a huge focus and priority on it as I was playing, but never really could give it the time that like I felt like it adequately deserved. And so we sort of, you know, for the body of work really was over three or four months, like where I'd go doing re- remote community stuff or doing workshops. And it was only until like I retired, like I thought yep let's give it like this massive um crack like in terms of getting in front of schools businesses organizations whatever it may be and we did like we started um really targeting some key specific areas without leaving like our key mission and our values that we've always represented and like it's easy like when you again when you talk about gratification and success like it's you see something or you see another organization or something you're like oh i want to put my hand in there but like, I think you always got to remain true to yourself. And so we actually, like before this hit, like we were really enjoying like um, significant success. Like, um, you know, we've always been in schools, but we had 20 schools lined up in the next month and then a bunch of like a significant partnerships, which will still happen, like with state sporting bodies, you know, to be like official well being partners, but to deliver our programs to them. And, um, and then it's obviously business side. And then, yeah, what we saw was just like that, whether you know, being cancelled, postponed, you're not really sure, like they're fine. And then the thing is is we've always had like that content and we've always had um it's not like when we went to schools it was anything that we um we'd obviously refine it, but it was like that stuff that was always so easy to deliver. Cause 'cause we obviously um we lived it, we're passionate about it, we believe in it. Um so it's just a case of, okay, well how would you how do we still deliver that? Um just not in front of them. Um, and so a huge, it's, it's funny enough, like three years ago, i always wanted to go, um, I always wanted to have like a learning platform, uh, um, in some way, because we always did a lot of remote community work and whenever we did, it was like send up paperwork or send emails. We would do like, um, yeah, like I'd be doing Skype and it was sort of like zoom wasn't really a thing. Like it was just like Skype and then we would engage with these kids and I'd go up there. Um, So whenever we did all that sort of stuff, and I've always said to the organization, like, we need to invest into an e-learning platform, just more so a gateway so that um, so many people feel comfortable enough to engage in education and mental health behind a screen. And that's perfectly fine. There's different avenues to learning instead of just being in front of a psychologist or being in front of someone, um, you know, like to get that retention. And so yeah so it's sort of it's it was funny like when this happened we met as a board and we said hey what do you think about like looking into this e-learning platform let's let's get it up and rolling and you know so we, the the board were like let's do it like i think our reach is actually going to be more than we've ever done um our accessibility is going to be better and it actually will help us in the long run like it's a sustainable thing it's not something of a band-aid solution where once this gets done we can go oh cool we were able to deliver this for six months remotely like we actually think it's um going to be something we're going and and it's been crazy like the fee that like we we've got we see that like we've had 150 members sign up over four days which seems small but like in that time like people we've had um 50 people complete those courses survey results that we've never been able to have like in terms of what our data like and we've had Notre Dame university now want to evaluate the the program itself we've had contact from Queensland um Institute of Sport to see if we could deliver that platform or help us like deliver that um that e learning platform in in some capacity so yeah like that's where it's it's gone to now and that's obviously where we wanted to develop um, for us, we just wanted to give an entry level of any individual to go in and go, how can I better my well-being and how we do that? And that's an our course. Like it, We give five pillars of, of self-care, you know, like through um, physical activity, communication, um, you know, like the mind, um, all this sort of stuff. And so, yeah, we just we, we want to provide accessibility. And the, and the thing is, is we wanted to be free. Like you're seeing that everyone's trying to profiteer from something, that and I understand in some way, but for us, that's not what it's about. Yeah, we we look at that as a, an opportunity to expand. Hey, cool. If you actually want to learn more about persevering, or you want to more learn about grit, and you know, want to learn about actual mental health, well-being, or goals, cool. We will. We can structure it, and we can have facilitators that, yeah, they'll have to they'll they'll charge a rate, you know, for for their body of work, like. I can't go to a psychologist and say, Hey, can you deliver a workshop on behalf of the Stitcher Time for free? Like, there's a reason they're there. But we wanted an entry level where someone could walk away an hour, an hour and a half and go to us and say, You know what? I've developed, uh, I learned some evidence based tools and techniques that will manage, uh, help me manage my well being or improve my well being, and as well as making me feel comfortable to reach out to a peer or a friend regarding creating a safe conversation to talk about mental health. And in a way, suicide. Um, and if we can help not only change a life, but save a life, no, like that's massive. Like you can't measure that. And um, and we've seen that. Like it's, the, the results have been really good. In terms of turnaround, um, yeah, it was a lot of, I mean, it was to do the videoing. We, we did it in, in a day or two. Like we leveraged um, you know, people that I knew to say, hey, we've got social distancing rules. We'll do that. We used my sister-in-law's cafe to have a thing because everything was shut down and we could do that um so yeah it was a it was a massive thing to do but well worth it um and and again like we know like six months down track when we go into a school and we always finish up with our presentation say, hey like guys you know if there's anything you want more like reach out please feel free to do it yeah we always get one two maybe five kids say hey we want to know more this is allows us that we can say hey log on here's an actual education tool which is organic like it's not me sitting there and saying, "Hey, this is what you need to do." It's like, just like us right now, having a bit of banter, having a bit of fun, there's humor. It's organic. It's a conversation that you know people have. Um, it's just, it's just a bit more important and a bit more relevant right now because of the situation. But yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. Um, as I said, I said it quick before, but stitchandtime.org.au. Um, there's an e-learning link and go through there. And, yeah, everything's pretty easy, and we haven't had any issues um, as, as thus far, um, except just increasing our membership rate in terms of, um, that cost. But that's just something that the organization budget forum is more happy to sort of support cause we think it's pretty, pretty powerful.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. That's, um, yeah, that's, that's really cool on, on two folds. Um, the speed of, the aspect of like what we've been talking about today of like, yeah, everything can be crumbling around you, but like, um, there's an opportunity here to, to do this. And I guess staying true to your vision and you've, you know, by just executing on that reinforces exactly that as like, it is unprecedented times and it's, can be, you know, tough and, but you can still create stuff and you can still make stuff and you can still take steps Hmm. forward. Um, and you know, I think that's a great example of, of doing that. And, and, the, the side effect of like getting information out there to to people yeah. around this topic is, um, yeah, it's phenomenal, man. Well done. That's super cool.
2: No, appreciate it. Big
3: Um, gents, did you guys have anything that you wanted to touch on, um, about that or, uh, yeah
0: i think it's pretty amazing um greg as well like i mirror sort of justin's thoughts you you quick to action and that was yeah that's obviously a lot of people um were in that situation where they received a massive threat to income and other things and Mm -hmm. to be able to quickly pivot to be able to focus and put the energy into something which can really impact a lot of people is is pretty amazing but um Something we haven't touched on is there's a there's a photo of Travis Hado praying um, on the bottom oh, of the court. This... <laughs> and, um, and I just don't think we could let the episode finish without uh, without talking about. I mean, he's obviously looking very grateful. I mean, on the floor there. So I just figured yeah. there must be some advice or something you're offering to him at that point in time that would really really just be worthwhile for the listeners.
2: Well, as you can agree, and obviously uh, I'm in that growing my hair back out again. Um, to what it was, and if, correct me if I'm wrong. He obviously was having like, what well, I think, pretty luscious locks, as we say. So I was sort of asking him what sort of shampoo he was using um, at the time. Um, that was basically it. So. And I've obviously taken the advice. I've obviously got a few more grays, but
4: um hey, look yeah. how luscious it is! It's very, uh, <laughs> yeah. very silky.
2: So yeah. they listen. So that's that's what I'm all about. It's actually
0: pretty close. I never realised so, that Greg was modelling your haircut there, Haydo. Just... Well,
4: at the moment it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, by the um, by, no. the end of this next uh, <laughs> patch of, uh, of of home time, you might you might be about the same look.
4: <laughs> oh, mate. No. Yeah, well, the,
2: on that the, photo,
4: yeah, that's just two guys playing their role. You know? Yeah, so, exactly right. And that's was, why,
2: because that's the thing, because this is why, like, you'd have Pursa and like, i could Hado buses, <laughs> absolute <laughs> talent, plays his role, but I'm like, I'm not, gonna, like, that's the likes like, usually you'd have some bum, like, every other SBL club. No, I'm not, but like, who, just like, they sort of are like, they'll let me have my way, and then I can obviously oh, be a yeah. bit more aggressive and physical, whereas Hado, no, like gives it like I'm going for an O board and there's like a good box out. I'm like, well,
4: granted, on. on that play, what happened was I was running in and Ryan Godfrey came in and whacked me in the back, and I I stubbed my toe on someone's foot and went straight into the back of yours, into your back, and then we both went down, and um, it all happened. I don't know how I got a foul for it. Um, that was so but I got a foul for it, and I was walking over to Ryan Godfrey so your teammate and I said to him I said mate you got away with murder there with that push yeah, and he just yeah, laughed yeah.
2: and he just said yeah. yeah I got you good it right. isn't actually it was an incredible photo and it looked like <laughs> if anyone were really to look at it they would have been like why was he not thrown out of the game like the way it looked <laughs> right like and I think even there's if there's another there's a series on that I think the yeah. referees looking and hasn't done anything. And I remember was like going oh, that's a really aggressive <laughs> like well, it's um... not something that I was proud about. Like <laughs> and now like looking at it and even the banter's fine, but like a <laughs> bloody Maddie Akadaponia, I was like, Why is this? And I was like, Yeah, like all right.
0: Well, if we roll back right to um, Jacob Holman's commentary in Hawks TV
3: uh, oh, from no, last yeah. year,
0: that uh, I may have had yeah. the pleasure of uh, assisting, uh, achieved that uh, <laughs> bit of footage from, uh, from Jacob. I think there's a few reasons, uh, or at least a few oh, I, that people consider in the lead.
2: I literally hit up Holman straight away, and I was like, <laughs> mate, do not talk to me about you complaining for fouls. And after that, I literally didn't get a call for like four weeks and I was passing like, referees. Cause like I'll give it, like I'll complain a lot. but I was like, I need to. <laughs> so yeah, It's all good. It was literally, uh-huh. I said to Holman, I said the year he was there, I think I averaged like 200. I had, went to free for like 340 times or something. I like shot 240 and I was like, actually like, yeah, maybe he's got a point. And then this year <laughs> I like went to 140. And I remember saying to a ref, like, I'm doing the exact same thing. Um, and I still feel like I'm playing my... Like I'm actually playing a lot more inside than I did outside. But yeah, I'm still getting rewarded. awards. So I think, unfortunately, um, I'm wearing thin on the rest for some reason. My wife always tells me to shut up. But easier said <laughs> than done. Easier said than done.
4: So. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right, let's wrap that up, eh? Let's, awesome. let's
0: wrap that up. Why don't you finish it off, Haydo? I mean, uh, you know, a, Conrad's
4: got wall as the host, so... I know. Well, thanks for your time, Gregor. Appreciate uh, no, it was all a your pleasure. time. No, I... uh, we'll no, uh, hopefully sure. talk to you soon. And um, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, we'll get this up uh, on Facebook sometime soon and uh, and all good podcasting apps. Um, Gregor will push it out. And uh, stitchintime.org. Don't go to a stitchintime.net because that's embroidery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, thanks I for know, my did my the now, research. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. See Cheers, Cheers. Cheers <laughs> mate. See you later. See you. Bye. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to The Simple Minds Podcast. If you like our show and want to know more, then check out our website at simplemindspodcast.com. If you like, you can even leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. The Simple Minds Podcast is also on Facebook, Insta, and for those that like to keep things formal, LinkedIn. So follow us there if you want to keep up with the latest updates from the show. See you next week.